Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, did we survive the ice storm? <laughs> we did. I feel like we've been trying to get this podcast in for like three days. Yeah. We'd say we we're going to do it Wednesday because we had to flip sw- uh, filming and and podcasting days. We said we're going to film Thursday, and now here we are. School has been out all well. They went one day, went Monday, yeah. and then the ice hit, and they ain't looked back. And our policy is if the schools <laughs> are closed, we're going to close. At day four, you have day to four, break that day policy. Day four, you got to break that policy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything's thawing out. Come on. The roads aren't bad. Yeah, I, I understand not- why they canceled, though. There's limbs falling Thursday. Thousands of people without power. Tyler, did y'all lose power down there, man? Luckily, no. Half the neighborhood did. We were good, though. We were lucky, too. It flashed like two or three times I yeah. mean, over the course of the week, but hasn't been out for a substantial amount of time. Half the half the other employees, half everybody else has been out. Yeah. Mark got trapped. Like He <laughs> he went out, I forget what morning. It was two days ago, I think. He, he was driving to work, trying to. He went one way, and the tree was blocking the road. By the time he get turned around, another tree blocked the road. He had to call for help. He was trapped yeah. in three, two, three. He had to call Jamie. Jamie and Mikey showed up with chainsaws and cleared the road. He said, just don't leave the house. Just go back home. <laughs> so. I didn't see this coming at all. No, man. Usually we get a pretty good warning. Yeah. You know, they say snow's coming. Everybody panics and buys all the milk and bread at the yeah. grocery store. And and this was just like ice. And it's like, oh, it's only going to last a day. It just kept wave after wave. And it never really warmed up to melt anything. So ice is the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go outside and have fun in it. All your grills are froze shut. <laughs> yeah. Car doors are froze shut. Our garbage I mean, lid was, sh- I had to like <laughs> knock the garbage the, I did too. Yeah. I went out and loosened them up one day. I didn't even put one on the curb this week. Well, they didn't pick up for two or three days. I was like, they're not going to come out here in this. So. Well, yeah, we made it. It's the ice storm is, I guess, over. Yep, the ice storm of 23. I, feel like we I have live one. through 94, so <laughs> you might get through 94, you can make it through anything. We have one like once a podcast season at this point. Like it seems like right at the beginning, always right around January, February, we always have an ice storm. I, I think we start back too early. Like, y'all keep thinking, <laughs> okay, winter's over. It's like winter ain't even got here yet. <laughs> Hunting season's over, but winter's not over. A couple years ago, we left to go to Jamaica as like we were on one of the last planes headed out it was of Memphis. The last. Yeah. <laughs> Before they shut the town down for like three or four days. I know it was like a week that yeah. time. It was like we the missed, whole time y'all were yeah, yeah, yeah. We missed the whole thing. We missed all that. Like yeah. I was just determined that we were going to get out of Memphis. We luckily did and had no yeah. delays. But when we were flying back, we were flying back with people that had been delayed or stranded at other airports for weeks. Yeah. That, Man, yeah. could you imagine that? No. Well, they, I don't know how many hundreds of flights got canceled like Tuesday this week. I'm sure they delayed still everything all up, week. Yeah. yeah. It's a mess. We got a flight coming up. Yeah. Two weeks. Hopefully it'll, uh, I've been looking at the weather. It's like, we might have some rain, but it's going to be sixties. It's not like bad storms or anything. So I think we're going to be okay. Hopefully. As long as Atlanta's not, Atlanta shouldn't be froze up if we're not froze up. I wouldn't think. Can you believe it's February already? I know. One month down, 11 to go. It'll be Christmas again. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, Goes fast. It goes super fast. 
Groundhog says we have six more weeks of winter. I see, but if you saw the groundhog here, he didn't see the shadow. Was it yesterday? What, what day is Groundhog Day? Is it today? Thursday. I think it's, yeah, it was yeah, yesterday. Yeah, so yesterday the sun did not come out at our house. <laughs> so we're okay at the house. <laughs> like, how does that work? Does it one work? One groundhog. Is it Poxitani Field if he comes out? Field. Well, he saw his, so. So I guess that means six more weeks of winter. Supposedly. I wouldn't sh- it wouldn't shock me. It's usually cold till fe- you know the end of February. Well, during this downtime when we've been trapped at home, you've been working on your biscuit recipe. <laughs> I haven't been able to grill. All the grills are fresh. It's too cold, too slick. I don't want, I don't want to bust my <laughs> the cold doesn't bother there. you. The yeah, hazard conditions. Yeah. <laughs> Lock them crocs in four wheel drive. If you go out there. <laughs> so I've been cooking inside. I've been using the air fryer. Been working on my biscuit recipe. I made a kicking pasta dish last night. Yeah. What else did we make? Taco soup. We didn't go over all this. (laughs) We made a big pot of taco soup. I'm still not sure quite what the difference is in taco soup and chili, the way we make it. I feel like the taco soup is way more soupier. Chili is way more meatier. That's that's my biggest difference. So, like, you make taco soup, still starts with ground beef. I guess you could use whatever kind of meat you want in taco soup, but I've always, I mean, Burger meat. That's, that's what I've used. You cook burger meat, you cook onion, you season it with some grande gringo, and then you put it in a pot with all these vegetables and two or three kinds of beans and corn and a couple cans of diced tomatoes. It's not that far off from like just a regular beef yeah. stew or, you know, veg- yeah. what I it's call vegetable ma- soup. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's kind of more like that vegetable soup. Yeah, but you're using ground beef instead but of when like, you, a roast. Like, when it sits in the refrigerator, it tastes better the next day like chili does. It gets thicker the next day like chili does. It was thick as chili yeah. when you pulled it out and but reheated it. You just don't put as much uh, meat. I guess that, to me, that's the difference in chili. Like some people would say, well, you put beans in it, it is soup. So, but I put a can of beans in my regular chili anyway. It's just how I've always ate chili. Yeah. You don't like beans in it, hey? But, um, but it's basically more broth than than chili is all it is. You could turn you could easily turn chili into taco soup by adding a few things. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be much. Had you a can of you corn, could. and we kind of top it the same way: yeah. a little cilantro, touch of cheese, sour, sour cream. cream. Some fresh sliced jalapeno. I didn't put any mayonnaise in the taco. You did not. You did not. (laughs) I was proud of you. (laughs) Didn't mess with that sour cream neither. I don't think I used any mayonnaise this week. I can't think of anything I cooked that I had mayonnaise in. I made a a grilled cheese sandwich and it had mayonnaise on it. To go with the taco soup. (laughs) We ate like, man, I don't know if y'all have tried. Don't, Don't slip on these Tostitos. Hint of avocado chips, guacamole, chip, or guacamole chips. Hint of guacamole. Man, they're good. Have you ever had? Have you had those styles? No, I think I saw them at the store. The other they're day. they're, they're like the little green. round ones, and they're kind of green. Yeah, man, they're good. They're spicy in a mm. good way. You don't they're, need you don't even need a dip really with good. them. It just tastes them. I mean, it's got a great flavor for a chip. I love Tostitos multigrain chips. The scoops multigrains. Yeah. Oh, those are good. But I don't know. These guacamoles might be my favorite now. They are mine. They go really good with taco soup. <laughs> I know that. I was crunching them up, let, yeah. putting them on top and let them be well, a little So what's element. the difference in taco soup and tortilla soup? I don't know. Because in tortilla soup, they give you like the tortilla chips to crunch up in it. Is it ground beef and tortilla soup? It's think, usually chicken, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know chicken Is it chicken yeah. and it has rice too, maybe? They put a scoop of rice in it? Maybe. I didn't put rice in taco soup. We made like white people taco soup. White people taco soup. <laughs> it's just <laughs> you could just use the Ortega kit and make taco soup. So uh, add a can of corn. 
You, we also cooked a pack of hog jow. I had one pack in reserves, and I'm glad I did. It went so good with the biscuits I've been working on. Yeah. But I put it in the oven, and it was oh, it was just like New Year's Day all over. I feel like we don't stress how good hog jow is. Have yeah. you ever had it, Tyler? No, never. Oh, man. that's the, I mean, you know, if you got to give a Christmas gift to somebody, order them some of that hog jow and have it sent to them. Because that's how I got it. I ordered it. They shipped it to me with like, I don't know, three or four days. They had a bacon sampler and the hog jowl. I think I had to order like eight packs of hog jowl and then the bacon sampler and it still wouldn't be like hundred bucks or something like that. It wasn't bad. And you, I mean, eight packs of hog jowl I mean, seems like a lot, but yeah, it's it freezes like well. It does. <laughs> I mean, I gave some of so I gave some to my buddy Griff. I gave some to my mom and dad for Christmas. You know, it's just like a little happies, but yeah. I mean, who doesn't like hog jowl? better than bacon it's really good it really is i have to try that and i wish i wonder if rights makes hog gel because i know the burgers is like that's the bar yeah gotta beat them but i have i have had some store-bought that's like not as good yeah, yeah it doesn't get crispy it's, it still has the rind on it sometimes so it's got a really hard little piece around it. it's like skin it's just not i don't know if they use more or better nitrates or whatever it is they cure it with <laughs> Um, so there's different types of bacon out there that I don't, there's like some brands oh, yeah. of bacon. I'm like, eh, that's not that great. What, so what, what is it that makes it, is it the curing I, process? Is it the I, quality of meat? May just be there. Yeah. It may just be the spices and seasons, the way they cure it. But it's a, it's a mild, like it's, I think it's a very mild cure. It's not like overly salty. It tastes, it tastes like really, really good bacon, but it's richer if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. If you think of how beef cheeks are, how they're. Kind of like roast. It's kind of like a chuck roast or kind of like brisket point, but just intensely beef-rich flavor just melts in your mouth. The hog jowl is the equivalent on the pig. That, uh, that's a good way to put it. But a lot of people It's kind of like bacon. It's kind of like, you know, really good bacon, but better. When you say better than bacon, I mean. Yeah, better than bacon. <laughs> that's their selling point. This is better than bacon. I need to do their marketing. Like if I had that company, I would say better than bacon. And it'd probably stay sold out. Well, for one, there's not that much. I mean, there's there's not that much jowl on a pig that they use. I mean, it's you know, yeah. it's just it's not there's a giant a piece quantity. of meat. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think a jowl weighs? One jowl compared to a full belly? I would say it's like about a pound. A pound on yeah. a good jowl. When it's like when you get the when, the package is probably close to a whole jowl. Yeah. But, I mean, if you got a couple pound, like a two pound hog jowl would be pretty heavy. What's what a, what's the average um, slab of bacon weigh? Like, Shoot, I would guess it's eight pounds. Okay, or more. You know, when they give when you buy the center cut piece, like from Costco or whatever, it's three or four pounds. You know, yeah. Have it's you ever a bought a whole rectangle. belly? Like yeah, a whole yeah, belly. Yeah. We used to get them from Compart, the whole side of Port Belly. Yeah, those probably weighed twelve pounds or more. But they're they were huge. I mean, they're I mean when I you got to think of a big hog that belly's the length of it. I mean, you know, the whole midsection. So it's Heck, do they it, use, it could be 20, 24 to 30 inches long, you know. Do they use the whole that whole belly for bacon? Usually they trim it up. So you like, don't get. You, yeah, because they want it uniform. Because, you know, it's not perfectly square. It'll when you buy it and they've got it trimmed out like center cut, it's perfectly square. But, yeah, it tapers and it's just odd shape. And when they want to make really good bacon out of it, it's just a centerpiece. 
Do you think some of the cheaper bacon might be the end pieces? And Probably. Stuff? Well, they do yeah. make ends and pieces. Oh, yeah, they do. Things like that. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the process if they like cure the whole thing and then trim it up or what, but but a whole you can buy like a whole slab of cured pork belly unsliced from I think Compart still sells them. It's the only place I know. What would you do with it? Slice it yourself? Make pork belly burning ends or slice <laughs> yeah, it up, whatever yeah, you want yeah. to do with it. Can't go wrong with it. Um. So last weekend was the last hunting weekend. It was. Went went back to camp one last time, did a little hunting, a little cooking down there. Football's coming to an end. Football's coming to an end, man. Hunting's coming in. What We're going to have do? a good Super Bowl. <laughs> like, Mahomes, you just felt bad for their team. It was like the whole team was just injured. Their wide receivers were gone. Mahomes is limping around the field. You know, you never know how, how long that ankle's going to hold up. They're, and they're, they're playing at home, and they're – Pissed off because Kansas City or Cincinnati's, but they've been talking trash. The mayor of Cincinnati's <laughs> talking trash. All of them were just talking about how yeah you know, how Joe Burrow owns Arrowhead, and they come in and man they they got after it. I mean that was a great game. The Eagles game, I mean they just stomped the Forty ers That wasn't even a good game, but I think it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Yeah. How um how'd you do on your bets? Uh, fifty fifty. <laughs> one one lost one. I, I didn't hit a single parlay. So. <laughs> I put so I bet I bet I did bet on Cincinnati because I, I mean I actually caught points on Cincinnati because it was when I looked at the line earlier they had Cincinnati favored at one time, and then by the end of it I think it was uh, caught a two points or something the like that plus two or something yeah. like that, and then I took the Eagles which that was a lot. So. If I if I had to bet, man, I don't yeah, know. Who, who's your bet on Super Bowl? And we'll talk about Super Bowl one. next. Week. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough one, man. Right now, I'm probably leaning towards the Eagles. I'll give you a, a week to think about it. Yeah, give me a week to think about it. Come back and get, give your yeah. synopsis. Yeah, give How me a week voting? to think about it. I want to bet. I bet like a few weeks ago. You did. That was a crazy <laughs> bet you made. You didn't even realize you'd made it. I forgot about it. Two brothers were going to, uh, I made a bet that is like a prop bet. Two brothers were going to face each other in the Super Bowl and the Kelsey brothers are, are yep. doing that. So Man, I, I started listening to their podcast. They have a great podcast. It's really good. Yeah. They're, they're likable guys. Yeah. Oh, I can see it's the younger one. Is it the younger? One? I don't know which one's younger or older. Yeah. It's the one that plays for the Eagles. He's got a, I mean, you could tell he's just like positioning himself to be a sports announcer yeah. or sideline guy or something. He's the center, right? They're, yeah, yeah, he's the yeah. center. But they're 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 really good on a podcast. Um, so what'd you cook at camp last weekend? Let's see. Last weekend I did a big pot of gumbo uh Friday. How, what's yeah. a big pot of gumbo? How do y'all do gumbo at the um, camp? Well, start with a roux. About do you a do it six in... beer roux. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a heck of a roux. That's a heck of a roux. <laughs> or else you drink it fast. Yeah, I mean, for a regular person, like one and a half, two beer roux. I'm standing there stir- stirring it, and it's a six beer roux. Okay, explain real quick. What does it mean to do like a three beer roux or two beer roux? <laughs> it was like Emerald always said that. Yeah. When I was growing up watching Emerald, he'd, he would be, you know, on Emerald Live making a roux, and he'd go, this is like a two beer roux or whatever. The time it takes you to make two beers, it should be time dark to drink if you want it. Beers. Yeah, time to, yeah. And I guess that's, I guess about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour is how, how long it takes them to drink two beers. I mean, that's a sixer all day. If you're not drinking six beers in an hour, you're not, you don't have plans that night. You're just casually sipping. 
How long would it take you to drink two beers? Two depends on what first two go down quick. <laughs> you know, you ain't even got the flour cooked any yet. By the time you drink two, is it a good day? And I don't have to drive nowhere. Yeah, you're at camp. Like you're you're not going anywhere. You might get on a side by side and ride around or something. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Anyway, it's six beer roux. That's what I'm, that's what we made. And all it is is flour and oil, and you just stand there and stir it. So it gets pretty boring. So if you got a little music playing in the background, and it becomes a camaraderie a thing. It's yeah, like barbecue. That's right. You take, we even took time. Like Mikey stirred for a little while. I stirred for a little while. Do y'all make it on the stove? Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those uh, McWare Magnolite pots. Yeah. Makes a, all, that's, that's my Cajun pot. You love that pot. Oh, I do. I made chicken it makes the best. In it one it time. makes it the best really stews, good. gravies, gumbos, anything like that. Is that that pot's on it? It's the original like Cajun wedding present. <laughs> that's like that's what you got. We get you know most people give crock pots. Well, if you're from Louisiana, South Louisiana, you're getting one of those Magnolite pots usually. Um. So you made your roux. So I made a roux. I always saute up my vegetables. Some people just throw them right in the roux. But I usually go ahead and knock some of the, you know, soften them up just a little bit, just in a pan right beside it. What I'll do is I'll take my Andouille sausage. You do like to mess up as many dishes as you possibly can. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) So I'll take, like, I took Andouille sausage and sliced it up like in little half circles, put it in the skillet first to to render out a little bit of oil, and then transfer it to the side, leave some of that drippings in there. Um, I'll take my vegetables, throw it off in there, soften them up. By the time I get my roux as dark as I like it, and I like a dark roux for gumbo. Um, I'll put the vegetables over in it, usually hit my sausage over in it, start pouring in my chicken broth, just kind of slowly and stirring it so the roux kind of doesn't separate. It just starts kind of thickening it. Then I'll take um, I take my okra, but I don't put in raw okra. I don't want slimy gumbo. you got to heat that okra up to cook it past that slime stage. So I roast it in the oven. Put it on a baking sheet with some aluminum foil. Throw it in there. Let it go. I don't know. It don't take 15, 20 minutes. You don't want it crispy, but you want it to cook, and it, okra releases this like natural slime that's in it. <laughs> and it's nasty in a gumbo. But once you cook it past that, you add that to your gumbo, and the okra's really good in it. Um, what? So does it have a different texture if you were just to add it? Oh, yeah. Gumbo? It's going to get slimy and slick. And like when you scoop your gumbo, it looks like you got snot in it. I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> A lot of people will cook it with like tomatoes because I guess the acid, and as it cooks down in the yeah. tomatoes, it gets rid of that too. Then you can add it, but I don't put tomatoes in my gumbo. It's a, it's basically like a chicken and sausage base gumbo. I do add uh, for this one. I I went different. Like if you were from Louisiana, they'd probably frown upon you putting seafood and chicken and sausage in a gumbo. But I like wow. I like around the world gumbo. Because it's supposed to be different flavors. Like if you're using seafood, uh, you make a lighter roux, you use seafood stock or broth. Well, I usually just make a chicken sausage gumbo, and right at the very end, I add shrimp and crawfish tails just because I like it. It gives it a good flavor. So it's got a little bit. It's like kind of like kitchen sink gumbo. And But I did do chicken thighs. Um, once we get the vegetables out of the saute pan, I'll season them, the boneless skinless thighs with a little bit of king craw, just brown them. You're not worried about really getting them all the way done, but I don't want them to get stringy in the gumbo. A lot of people will, you know, boil their chicken, and then you got this pulled chicken, and then once you cook it some more in the gumbo, it gets stringy. Oh yeah. So you don't want that. And you want it. I want my chicken to have texture, 
And so I I like using the boneless, skinless thighs, which you don't really. I mean, dark meat and gumbo is awesome. I think so, too. I wouldn't even put breast in it. But you just cut it up in little chunks and add it after you get the gumbo simmering some. And it really only takes the longest part is the roux. I mean, you want those flavors to come together. But, I mean, by the time, you know, we started the gumbo probably about 3 o'clock and it was ready to eat about, I don't know, 8. <laughs> by the time we stirred on it and adjusted it and let it sit and had a few more drinks and went and did our thing. It's a, <laughs> it's a labor of love. Let me cook some French bread to go with it, cook some rice. I mean, oh, I also made a potato salad to go with gumbo. Now, y'all might not have never heard of this. It's a, I think it's a, don't get me, don't quote me on this, but I think it's a north of I-10 thing. Because <laughs> I don't know if anybody south of I-10 eats, eats a, Potato, potato salad, salad in their gumbo. So how do but, you do this? Do you so soak- you make a regular potato salad? Like we boiled some, quartered some potatoes up, diced them up, boiled them, boiled some eggs. You know, grated them up, made me a little mayo, little blue plate mixture with a little mustard, sweet pickle relish, uh, a little bit of celery, a little Cajun, Cajun King Cross seasoning. Tossed it together within the potatoes. Just don't try to. Mu- it's not making mashed potatoes. I want them potatoes to have some texture. Stick it in the refrigerator and let it cool. Top it with a little bit of green onion. And then when you get ready to serve your gumbo, you put a scoop of that potato salad in the bowl, and then you ladle your gumbo around it, and then you drag it through it as you eat it, and it makes the gumbo kind of creamy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it doesn't have the rice. You know, a lot of people, most people use rice. Yeah. I don't know how, who, you know, didn't have rice and was drunk, decided <laughs> to put potato salad in it. <laughs> But it is dang good. So I had a bowl of each. I love potato salad. I'm not a biggest fan yeah. of rice. So here's the deal. So if you like, this. so if you're a mayonnaise lover, <laughs> you're probably going to like the potato salad in it. If you like um, a, cre- a, a creaminess of it, you'll probably like it. I mean, it's good. It's good. But is it better than rice? I would say no, because the potato salad takes away from the flavory broth or the you know the gravy part of the gumbo, the richness, and I guess the, the mayo, it. the vinegar yeah. element from the pickle relish and the mustard kind of dulls that. So, but try it and tell me what you think because it's pretty good. Mark's like a huge fan of it. Yeah, Mark's a mayo lover too. He does. He likes the mayo, <laughs> but say he's got family like north of I ten, and that's where they got it from. Because um, I've never, I don't know anybody up here. I've never seen Emerald serve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This week, speaking of uh, Cajun cooking, this week you cooked a boudin king cake. I did. That was our video this week. And it's kind of, I was thinking something along the lines of a football food, something that, you know, you could serve at a party. It is Mardi Gras time. And you see king, uh, king cakes have hit the grocery stores. You can order them online. But nobody up here has got the boudin king cake. So is that's the, a it's like a Louisiana thing. I mean, they yeah. you, you can get them down there. Where'd you where'd you get the idea originally? Um, originally, probably from Boudin Brad bringing those boudin kolaches to barbecue events, and basically it's like a little. If you've ever had a kolache, it's uh, like a pig in a blanket kind of thing. It's a you know pastry dough wrapped around a sausage. Well, he had a lady that was doing it with boudin sausages, and he would bring them to barbecue contests, throw them on the grill on Saturday mornings, and bring his buddies that were cooking around one of those warm boudin kolaches. 
And so I just said, man, that would make a good king cake. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a thing. It's yeah. like I didn't invent it or anything. I was just trying to make an easy version of it. So to me, it made sense to – now, I've never had – like Brad's, the ones I've had never had the cream cheese in it. It was always just like sausage surrounded in a dough. And, but I took it a step further. It's like when I order a sweet king cake, I like the cream cheese one's the best. Yeah. Strawberry cream cheese, regular cream cheese. They make these different flavors. And I said, well, since we're doing savory and I know cheese is good in it, why not like do a crawfish cream cheese where you just dump some crawfish tails in, stir it up, season it with a little Cajun seasoning, a little hot sauce, spread that down, set your boudin on top of it, and then roll it up and bake that. And you didn't do any sort of pastry, like no, no. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't about to try to make a dough that was as good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, I guess, if you want, if you really got a good pastry recipe, you want to go to all that trouble. Those crescent those, rolls, those buttery crescent, so the buttery savory crescent rolls. It was dang good. I mean, it was and it was super easy. You just take like three cans of them and arrange them out. You in did a ring. not have any sort of like oh no I, method or plan. No, or I just, you, you just unroll them and just kind of start over, just shingle them and around. You just got to know that you got to you know you're kind of trying to stay in the middle of them because you got to pull the edges up and over. So you can't put a whole lot of stuff, but I'm mean, put a pretty good trail of the cream cheese crawfish mixture, and then I took the boudin and instead of just putting cold boudin on it, I took it out of the casings because those casings can get kind of tough on boudin. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you see people eat them, they squeeze the meat out as they eat it on a cracker, you know, with hot sauce. But I took, I split the casing, unwrapped it, had the pit going 350 where I was going to cook on, and then put the sausages on there for 10, 15. I think, time, Tyler, you said a 15-minute timer, didn't you? Yep. And that was, I mean, I didn't check the internal temperature, but you're just heating them back up. And then- I just wanted to give them a head start so it wasn't something super cold because I knew the pastry would cook and I wanted everything to, to be really good and melty and creamy and hot on the inside. So that's why I did that. But it also lets me break it up. Like the lengths of sausage don't fit perfect. You got to kind of arrange it. So I would just break a chunk off, spread it around, you know. Then I wrapped it all up. And um, it don't have to be perfect. Yours was. Yeah, it, it can have little gaps in it. I mean, you just want it mainly covered. That's the way a king cake kind of is when you see one. They're, they're, it's not a perfectly baked pastry. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of rustic. And that's what this one was. It was just on the savory side. Yeah, yours but, was not perfect by any means. When you topped no, it yeah. and did all the other well, stuff, see, it looks really well, good. Well, a king cake, they'll put frosting all over the top. They'll put the different yeah. colored sugars. So you're covering up a lot of those imperfections. Well, I said, well, I'm not going sweet. Now, some now some of the ones that I've seen from places you can get um, a savory or a booty and king cake, they cover it in uh, syrup. They have steamed syrup. It's like, a, I guess it's a cane sugar syrup they make. It's big thing, Louisiana. Yeah. And they'll crumble up uh, bacon and put on top of that. That's their topping, so it does have a sweet element. And That's I can see, like, I've seen it with pepper jelly. Like, you can melt pepper jelly, like, warm it up, drizzle it over it. I can see that being good, but I wanted to go even cheesier. Yeah, I'm with you. I want the, I don't want the yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. I want the savory yeah. flavor. So I did, I cheesy. said, what would be better than a than a cheese dip? And let's take it a step further and make it a crawfish cheese dip drizzled over the top. And so what I did was, how could I do this easy? Well, I had I put half my package of crawfish tails on the inside in the cream cheese, and I saved half of those cooked crawfish tails to go in the cheese dip. And then I just bought some store-bought uh, cheese dip. You could use the white, the yellow, whatever brand you want, ponchos, arbos is what I used. 
But any kind of little queso that you can buy at the grocery store will work. Make your life real easy. Yeah, easy. <laughs> so I sauteed up um, a little, I guess, three quarters of a trinity, a bell pepper and onion. I left the celery out. You could have put the celery in if you don't want to. You could have done anything. I just really. didn't have any celery. <laughs> so uh, bell pepper and onion, sauteed that down, added my crawfish tails, turned the heat down. Garlic. You uh, a little garlic. A little garlic in there. Yeah. Season that, a little king crawl, um, a little hot sauce. Added my cheese dip and just let it sit off the heat and stay warm. Just kind of come together. The pan and everything warms the cheese dip up. Because if you keep cooking it, it's going to get super thin. You don't want it super thin, but you want it to run. Yeah. And when the king cake got done, it was like 45 minutes at 350 on the Grilla uh, smoker. You could have cooked it in the oven you want. You would your time have changed if you would have cooked <clears throat> it in the oven? You're really just – you're not worried about time as much as you are as when that thing gets brown. So on a pellet grill, they're not going to overbrown anything. The oven may overbrown it, yeah. so it might take thirty five minutes at three fifty in your oven. But on a grill, it's probably not. It's probably going to lean more to that forty five minute mark. I mean, if you were if you did want to check the temperature, it needs to get back to one hundred sixty five because there's sausage in it. But it, it, I didn't worry about it. I just yeah. knew that because I cooked it the week before. I mean, it takes you know forty five minutes on grill. But I do recommend, like, if you if you cook it, put it on a sheet pan, but then put something down, like butcher paper, parchment paper, aluminum foil, anything that's going to not make it stick to the pan. Because and if you're going to move easy. it, yeah, well, and I, I do I do like the butcher paper or the parchment paper because you can easily transfer it to your cutting board, and you can cut on it and not have to worry about cutting pieces of aluminum foil because you're probably not going to slide it off that. And it looks, I mean, the butcher paper just looks better serving it. It's what you do with pizzas, same yeah. kind of thing. Same you know? kind of thing, same kind of thing. You're just using it to make it easier. You could have left it, like, it, and... I don't see why it wouldn't have worked in a pizza pan, and you just leave it in the pizza pan if you if you wanted to. No, it comes off. It's beautiful. It's brown. beautiful. Brown. You got this delicious cheese dip with crawfish <laughs> and the vegetables in it. Okay, well, what if somebody says you... You're using a Mexican cheese style cheese dip with your crawfish. I, I call it fusion. <laughs> you, I mean, you would you have known that that was like Mexican no, cheese dip? There's no. no way, because by the time I put the Cajun season in it, the hot sauce in it, the crawfish and the vegetables, it just tastes like a really good crawfish cheese dip. And aside from a few <clears> ingredients, <throat> they kind of have some similarity. Yeah, if, I mean, if you wanted to take it, like if you wanted to bit that element, I would probably. Room temperature cream cheese block. Add that to my Your sauce. Uh, my sauce with a little bit of cream or milk, just something to get it the right consistency. But you don't want it too thin. But you could blend in. You could easily blend in that uh, cream cheese. And if you had any stuffing left over, I mean, there's no there's no reason why you couldn't thin that down and make a cheese sauce out of you know yeah. half your stuffing if you wanted to. But trust me, it's easy to buy a thing of cheese dip and just do it the way I did. <laughs> so you pull it. I'm off. going for easy. Yeah. You know? So I pulled it off, drizzled, like ladled that uh, the crawfish cheese dip over the top. of. I didn't get crazy with it, but you just kind of ladle it slow and let it run down. And then I took some pork rinds and crushed them up <laughs> and sprinkled them over the top for my crunchy element because I was thinking, you know, Louisiana, it's cracklings. Yeah, you know, I saw other could have done bacon, bacon, but yeah, yeah. could have done bacon, but I was like, no, I want that pork rind crunch. And they had some flavor to them too. They got yeah. a little heat to them. If you like a hot pork rind, what's your what pork rind did you pick? Those were sweet heat brims, brim sweet heat. That's you like could my use, favorite yeah, pork oh, yeah, rind. they're really good. And some green onion, and that's all. That was like sliced green onion for the garnish. 
It's ready to go. And sauce it made it pop because you had those uh, oh, yeah. crawfish in the sauce, you know, that were sticking out. And then you had were good. the green color and the crunchy little cracklings. Yeah. I got asked, like, could you substitute uh, anything for the boudin if you can't get boudin or you don't like boudin? And I was like, yeah, well, I don't see why you couldn't. Uh, you could use another kind of sausage. You could uh, use andouille. anything. I think. Um, could you use a smoked sausage? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, it's going to be a little denser. Yeah. Um, breakfast sausage. So if you wanted to brown up some breakfast sausage and then whip that in your cream cheese, you could do that. Oh, okay. Um, you could add the vegetables to it. You could add the crawfish, leave the crawfish out, add shrimp, whatever you want in the filling. Just don't go, don't go, uh, too much. That's the whole thing. Because if you overstuff it, you're not going to be able to wrap it and it's going to ooze out. But the cream cheese and the breakfast sausage, like a spicy breakfast sausage is delicious in one. Really good. Yeah, I like that idea better than a smoked sausage because the boudin has a texture. Like when you cut into yeah, it. Yeah, it's it kind of like dirty rice. Yeah, yeah. It falls apart in a good way. Yeah. You know? It doesn't give you a lot of resistance. That's right. So I'm thinking with the smoked sausage, it might be better to kind of dice it and then cook it in a skillet, get as much, you know, render that grease off, give it a little crunchy bits, and then put the trail of that on top of your or mix that in. Yeah. If you did a whole one, it's going to be more like a pig in a blanket kind of thing. Dense. I mean, it'd probably be good, but you're not going to have it. It's going to be a texture change. You know? Yeah, it's going to be firmer. It's not going to all kind of feel right. uniform. So, uh, exactly what is boudin? Boudin is sausage made with rice, uh, some type of meat, and vegetables and seasonings. So that's all it is. So if you think of um, most of the time they use pork, but they do make crawfish boudin. They make uh, alligator boudin. I mean, they make all kinds of boudin. Yeah. Anything, any kind of meat you can cook, you can turn it into boudin. But it's all pre-cooked, even the rice. Then they mix it all together. Um, sometimes they'll grind it all, like, together. Once they get it mixed, they'll re-grind it and stuff it. Um, but sometimes I've seen it to where it's more the rice hasn't been ground. Everything else has. They must hand mix it or have some machine mix it, and they put it in a stuffer. Stuff it in a natural casing. Um, but I have seen, I did hear someone say that they don't use a lot of the natural casings anymore. It's like a synthetic. So, Oh, really? Used to, used to it was all like pork. Sheep lining. And, yeah, sheep or pork intestines. Yeah. Which it's sounds okay. kind of gross, but it was been eating them all my life. <laughs> <laughs> they are a little tougher, though. Like when I eat boudin, typically, like the way I always eat it is we'll throw it on the smoker or the grill. Heat it up really good, and then slice it, and then just kind of get you out some of the meat. You don't really eat the casing. You put it on a cracker, add a little hot sauce, and it's good to go. It's really good that way, too, just salting. Yeah, I mean, now when I say they sell a lot of boudin in Louisiana, they sell a lot. I mean, it's like you go in a gas station. It's like buying a hot dog around here at a gas yeah. station. They've got boudin sausage ready to go, and then usually several kinds of it. So. You say boudin And the balls, cracklings, too, the boudin balls, yeah. Which are like hush puppies? Kind of like fritters. Yeah. It's the best way I can describe it. So for the boudin balls, they'll just take it out of the casing and make a scoop of it. Just think of like an ice cream scoop. And then they'll do like an egg wash, flour, egg wash, panko, deep fry it. And it looks like this, you know, hush puppy type fritter. Usually bigger that, than a hush puppy. Yeah, it's a little bigger, but man, they're Fritter's good Fritter's a good too. way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's fritter size. It's usually <laughs> kind of circular. <laughs> um, they, sell, they sell those at J&J. &J. <laughs> 
<laughs> but have you had Chester's? I guess they're Chester's. That's what I, chicken they sell. Yeah, I don't think they're hand doing those. I think they're that's froze. A, yeah. My mom made some. They're really good. So where do you get your boudin? I mean, locally Kroger. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it's the brand I had. But, I mean, if I could get some, I'd get it from Ronnie's. That's what boudin Brad owns Ronnie's. <laughs> I think he's got two branches down in Louisiana. But, uh, man, there's a bunch of good ones. There's all. I mean, if you if you drive down to Louisiana, I mean, you can order it online too. There's places like what's the Cajun, Cajun grocery. grocer? Yeah, that's that's a good place. Do you have a specific brand that you? No, just. I mean, I'll, I'll try. I'll try it all. The <laughs> um, best kind don't have a brand. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah. we got some booty. You want to buy it? <laughs> yeah, I'll try. There's actually like there's there's this old. I guess it's a bait shop. It's in uh, it's right on the causeway coming out of New Orleans. What's it called, Manchac? You stop in there and you never know what they're gonna have. You go open the freezer, it might be some catfish, it might be some boudin, it might be gator. <laughs> well, I'll stop in there coming out of New Orleans to see it what does they have. Not look like a store at all. Oh, uh, you know, it's it looks like somebody's fish camp with some old freezers, <laughs> like old old. <laughs> like this never been inspected by anything. <laughs> That's just there is there's no, bait yeah. in one, stuff for sale in the other. <laughs> And I guess it's for sale. I don't know. They always sell it to us when we go. <laughs> you just plundered through somebody's. Yeah. <laughs> How much for this stuff in the freezer? <laughs> we just plundered through what somebody had put in there. <laughs> they might have turtles. I bought all. Oh, they do. I've seen them. So where did you get your crawfish from? From Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> all of my stuff came from either Walmart or Kroger. I mean, it's hard to source. Hey, but it was Louisiana crawfish, though. That's what, see, when you buy crawfish tails, look at your package. Because this one was the blue and yellow pack. I don't remember exactly what brand it was, but it was Louisiana raised crawfish. Now, some of them will say product of Vietnam or wherever they get them from. You got to watch. So I would definitely try to buy, you know, local crawfish. As much as you can. Same thing with shrimp. Same. Oh, yeah. Try to buy Gulf shrimp. Um, you know, when I first had a king cake, not talking about a savory king cake, a sweet king cake. Um, but the first time I had a king cake, I did not think it was very good. It was dry, bland. Like a bad cinnamon roll. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know why people get so yeah. excited about this stuff. Then I realized I just wasn't eating a good, I was eating a crappy king cake. Yeah, you know? that's what it is. I'd gotten it at the Kroger Bakery. <laughs> There's a lot of people that sell the box versions of them. I mean, first okay. one I ever had was in sixth grade. What'd you think? There was a girl from Louisiana transferred to our, our elementary school, and she brought a king cake. And I was just I was amazed that you were the in the baby love. in it and all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that kind. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. <laughs> but I'm like you. It was just kind of like a dry pastry. Yeah. It just had a baby in it. Had icing on it. It was pretty because it had all the colors. But, you were into sprinkles when you're in yeah, sixth grade. Yes, yeah. So. Somebody did comment that that you forgot to put the baby in it. <laughs> yeah, that one don't go in the boudin. I guess I could have went and got old crawfish fishing lure and stuck off and took the hooks off of it, and stuffed it up in there. You remember the little king crawl thing I used to? Yeah, have? we bought some for the office, like a, a traditional sweet king cake for the office up here, and I was expecting somebody to get the baby, but I guess there wasn't a baby in there. Did they all get eight though? I don't know if either yeah. one of them. Oh yeah, they all got eight. Really? We had two, and they all got eight. There was one piece I think that. Got thrown away. Huh. Out of one. Did you check it and see what had to be? No. <laughs> I imagine that's become a choking hazard. Maybe so. Probably. I don't know. It's tradition to have them, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, the deal is, if you get that, you got to bring the next king cake. 
That's what I've always been told. I thought it meant you were like the king or something like that. The oh, really? Or something. Yeah, like that's what I had heard. Uh, I just know you're supposed to bring the next one. Yeah, that's what I've always been told. It's you're in charge of the next one. Yep. But if you get a good king cake, they're good. Oh, yeah. When you get the cream cheese inside. We had one that was pecans and praline or something like that. It was really good. We went to, it was a year we cooked the Shed's barbecue contest, and they got a bunch of them made and brought in, and they were so fresh, and it was like, man, this is this is the way it's supposed to be. I think Rouse's did I think those. it was Rouse's grocery chain, yeah. Made them in their bakery. So, folks don't know about Rouse's. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite grocery store down on the coast. Man, you go into Rouse's and they got real stuff cooking in there. You can get crawfish by the pound ready to go and they're good. Shrimp, crab legs. They got you just a, walk in and you smell it in the regular grocery store. Like, dang. And they got a, a really good like meat and three going on. Turduckins cooked and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got some good stuff. So um, we have some official dates for the American Royal. If you want to put it on your calendar for September 28th, 29th, and 30th. You're going this year, huh? Heck yeah, I'm going this year. In September, right? September 28th, 29th, 30th. They ought to be playing football again by then, too. (laughs) (laughs) Where's it at? The Speedway? Yeah. Same place? Yeah. They haven't changed venue since we've been? No, this will be the first time you've been since... Man, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Before before pandemic. Oh, way before pandemic. I don't remember the last one we went to. I'm going to say 2017. Was it that? No, it wasn't that long, was it? Has it been that long? 2018? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. So are you doing some... I hadn't been since they moved it September. It was always in October when we went. Are you doing some other contests? Yeah, we're doing... I mean, of course we're going to do Memphis and May if we get in. Um, I'm going to do a few KCBS coming up just to... I'm not in the Invitational. We're just going to cook the Open unless we get Invitational. That means we got... Try to win a grand for here and there. So uh, you you got the bug again? Uh, you know, just ready to cook some. You need a hobby to, now that hunting season's over? Yeah, now over. that hunting season's over, it's, all, it's what you do, right? It depends on my video schedule. But I'm trying to work it in. Like I, You've probably got on your calendar every weekend book from now till July 4th. <laughs> Actually, probably on in the then, but I got a fishing trip in July. So it might be we might be booking August already. Oh, I'm and then you've got over. September. Yeah, see, they don't leave me any time to cook. I just have to you, block out some weekends. I you, gave you some dates of weekends I wanted to keep open for cooking. So that's my plan. I would be happy if I get to cook the big two big contests and four little contests. That would be a good year. That's a good schedule. Heck yeah! You used to cook twenty five contests a year. Uh, that was a lot. That was a lot. We didn't have a business going on then. It was just like, you go work a regular nine to five and you can go cook on weekends. Yeah. You didn't work no regular nine to five. I couldn't have, dude. I could not imagine. That is a lot. Oh, it was a lot. cooking. For years. We that's, did it for years. That's one every, pretty much every Other two week. weeks, right? If you do it like that, but there's a stretch where you got like nine weeks in a row. Yeah. That was tough, nine in a row. Because they don't do so much in like, you know, November, December, January. You don't have as many contests, but May, April. It was pretty much June, April yeah. April to June, and then you hit a stretch from like September to November. Every weekend. Every wow. weekend, yeah. And I think the August, that stand by your grill was always in August, I think. I would cry sometimes. I shook with the team every three weeks. 
It's the last one. Usually it's because we got lost on the way coming home or she just ready to be home and just stuck with me and Waylon. Uh, I'm sure it was a lot of, I know it was fun. <laughs> People would love to be in your shoes. <laughs> I was basically your roadie. <laughs> I got everything prepped. I trimmed everything. Not everything. We're talking that's chicken. The, that's the biggest everything one. Chicken. <laughs> It is, but now you don't have to do chicken anymore. <laughs> so Super Bowl is next weekend. Yep. You got any big plans? Uh, not not as of yet. I'm trying to, you know, see how thawing out goes. I need to. I got to shoot some video. I need to do some TikToks, uh, some Super Bowl foods. I got some ideas of stuff I'm going to do. And since we're going out of town a few days after the Super Bowl, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not planning on anything major. I'm too focused on the Bahamas. What? See now. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but I would sign the petition or whatever it takes to get it moved to Saturday because I don't understand. I mean, it, maybe they do it just to keep people calm. Sunday's <laughs> a good day. Everybody's supposed to go to work. But no, I mean, it's the number one day people call out of work. Just go ahead and move on it. Super to, Monday. Yeah. Move know? it to Saturday. Move it to Saturday and, you know, have it about, I don't know, noon, two o'clock on Saturday. I think it'd be great. I wish, I mean, at least I wish they'd bump it up to like noon on Sunday or something like that. Yeah. So I can, I, I'm getting too old. I can't even make it to the end of the Super Bowl. <laughs> if it was on Saturday, I wouldn't have no problem. But Sunday. Saturday at two o'clock, you can wake up, have Bloody Mary. Yeah. Be in bed Ready by to go. nine, 10 o'clock. I can make it till 12, you know, midnight, one o'clock on Saturday night. Sunday night, I can't do that. So I don't, as of now, I don't have any Super Bowl plans. We got invited to a couple parties, but. I may be packing. Yeah. I'd rather go to someone else's party than host one. I don't know. I mean, I get the itch. I'll I know. That's what I'm afraid wings. of. <laughs> we have a few people. A few people in the office. No more than 50. <laughs> and then you'll have this huge menu. Yeah. We just got to cook wings for 50. <laughs> so Hooters is for, right? You're right. You're right. It's, getting them catered is much easier. Um. So... Time to ask you some community questions. I'm ready. So first of all, we're doing a contest right now in our community, in our Let's Get to Cooking community. Yeah. All you have to do is comment on what you're cooking for the Super Bowl, yep. right? Just are you, so are you getting an autographed <laughs> Rochelle Reed bottle of blue plate? Is that the prize? Well, nobody wants that. <laughs> signed signed They'll be by like, the mayonnaise queen herself. <laughs> 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 sure, if you want it. Leader of the Mayonnaise Eaters Unite. They're going to get it. Wipe my name off. Is that off a support just... group or is it like a fan group or what is it? Support group. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rochelle and I hate mayonnaise. <laughs> it's called Spoon. Hi, Rochelle. <laughs> Spoon Liquors Unite. Spoon Liquors Unite. Spoon Liquors Unite. Okay, so we're doing a contest. Okay. All you have to do is comment what you're cooking for Super Bowl, and we're going to pick 10 people randomly to win um, a prize pack that includes a hot sauce, a hot rub, a vinegar sauce, spicy garlic pickles, a knife, and a hat. No jar mayonnaise. <laughs> Maybe we're going to do a grand prize one when, when when this year. It's like the ultimate swag pack. Yeah. Much. I mean, you're getting pretty much everything you need for the, your Super Bowl party. That's why we made the cutoff on Monday. So, so we can get it to you for yeah. So Oh, okay. This cutoff is it's gonna be Monday at eleven fifty nine PM. So make sure you guys have your comment in. <laughs> what do you have? So all you have to do is comment 
in the group, you got first. You got to be a member of the group. Yeah, you got to be a member of the community. So you got to go to Facebook communities, find the how. Let's get the cooking community. Ask to be a member. Tyler will let you in. You got it. And then find the post and comment on it. What's your yeah, cooking the post for Super is right Bowl? at the top, at yep. the pinned at the top. And then how, you're just going to pick one lucky winner out of all the comments? Ten. Ten. Ten winners? Yep. Wow. You're only – so we <laughs> we do have a comment sifter, by the way, because there are people commenting on it multiple times. Uh, that way it only tracks – like if you're one person commenting, uh, you know, you only get one counted count. one time. Yeah. 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 And no, we're not going to ask you for any information. We're not going to ask you for your credit cards. No. If somebody looks like us sends you a message, it is not us. Because we are not going to send you a message. <laughs> we're probably going to do a contest a month, each month. Something okay. like that. I like that idea. Give back to the community. Yeah. That's so, anyway. Good deal. Go get signed up for that. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's going to be sweet. Super Bowl fun pack. Um, I did see somebody commenting that... Uh, they did, they did uh, burn ass chicken. I, I said it. It's a killer recipe. It is. Look, I, since we've been iced in, I've been doing thighs. I've been doing the burn ass thighs in the air fryer. <laughs> Man, you don't sleep on those. Get How them in what? So I throw them in a little marinade. And it's kind of a little Asiany steak soy marinade. Um, it's called Hoover sauce. We it's from Mississippi. Uh, you can find it at our, some of our grocery stores, but it's it, it has kind of some Asian flavors to it. But it's mainly the meat marinade. I'll throw those. I'll throw some boneless, skinless thighs in a Ziploc bag, pour in a little of that marinade, let them sit for about an hour, take them out, season them with whatever you want: barbecue rub, king crawl, grande gringo, whatever you want. I'm working on a new little uh, spicy Thai seasoning that I've been doing them with. Put them in the air fryer on 400, and it takes like 11 minutes. Do you do boneless, skinless? Yeah, boneless, skinless thighs. Uh, 11 minutes, I flip them, put them back in. Another five or six minutes, I just check them with the quick thermopan poke. As soon as I see 175, I get them out. Man, those things are juicy. They're crispy. It's just like it's everything but the grill flavor. So if you can't get to the grill, do them in that air fryer, and, man, I, we, I made a stir fry with them one night. One night we just ate them with some vegetables, uh, like uh, was it roasted asparagus or roasted uh, broccoli and sweet potatoes, something like that. Yeah. I mean, they are. That's my jam. Air fryer thighs. You did them with the stir fryer. They were really good. You, really good. You, you cooked them in the air fryer and then um, sliced them into little strips and put them on top of the noodles and After the veg stir fry. Yeah. That was that, that was one of my favorite recipes you've done lately. Yeah. You've been doing a lot of dinner cooking a here lot. lately. Look at me. <laughs> I can't get to my grill. I'm cooking something. I'll get the Jones in. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, so I saw somebody showing a London broil and it looked really good. They had like I'm not sure how they cooked it. They didn't say, but it, it was pink in the middle. What's a London broil? So it's a particular cut of I'm pretty sure a shoulder steak or something like that. Don't get me wrong on where exactly it comes from, but it's a particular cut and it, and I don't know why they call it London broil. I think it was just because it was a, a cut of beef they were doing and maybe in, in UK or something. I don't know. <laughs> People would order it, but it's more like a roast. Um, I used to buy them to make jerky out of them. They make excellent jerky because they're thin. They don't have much fat and you can Are get they cheap. Um, eh, they used to be, I mean, they're not really cheap anymore. They're not expensive, though. It's about like buying a chuck roast, something like that. Um, but I, the way my mom used to cook them, she would braise them. 
almost like you would a chuck roast or a brisket that you were cooking in the oven. They would brown them a little bit, throw them in a roaster with some broth, some aromatics, some vegetables, and then cook them until they're sliceable. But it's it can be tougher. So I've never had one that was cooked kind of on the rare side. So I'm, I'm pretty interested in that. I think you could do that if you sous vide it and then mm. grilled it off at the end. You could hold it really rare and get it tender like that. So you uh, give me the technical bit. if you look okay. it up. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I could be blowing smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Was I on the right track? It so the cut it says it's originally it's originally referred to broiled flank steak. Although modern butchers may label top round, culotte, or other cuts as London broil. Yeah, um, but it's. It's basically a dish. It's more of a dish than a cut. It's preparation. Yeah, it's a beef dish made by broiling marinated beef, then cutting it across the grain into into thin strips. Yeah, but it's good. It's, that's more sirloin area back there. Despite its name, the dish and the terminology are North American, not British. Oh well, huh? Shows what I know. <laughs> <laughs> We got a thing for that French fries, London broil. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but so it's it's more of the prep. So how does the preparation say? Preparation of London broil. London broil typically involves marinating the meat for several hours, followed by high heat searing in an oven broiler or outdoor grill. It is then served in thin slices cut across the grain. So it's a lot like we do. Um, uh, what's the flat iron? Yeah. The way I serve it. So I'm going to have to try one like that. I've only had it kind of cooked down like roast. So that's very interesting. So that's funny that they label it as London broil as a cut. Yeah. I've always thought it was a cut too. Yeah. I thought it was too. It's a preparation. They're talking about a preparation, huh? So you can see it. I got that. I'm, you might see me do a video of it. Let's see if it's any good. Marinate it for six hours. Take it out. Season it. High heat. Sear it. Cut it in thin strips across the grain. I got that. I think that's a good plan. Yeah. Solid plan. So I've got a um, question about drum cooking. To those that use a drum style cooker, I watch reviews on the pit barrel cooker that the juices from the heat can extinguish the fire. Has anyone experienced this with a pit barrel or UDS? No, um, usually if the fire is going out, it's not from juices dripping on it. It's from lack of oxygen or your coals are stacked and they've kind of fell and put themselves out. I've had that happen too. When you're restricting the air so much, they can go out. But typically you don't have a fire with, with, with meat juices dripping on it. You're going to have more of an issue of starting a bigger fire. Yeah. yeah. Because if not you add to, if you, you know, you take the lid off, you got, Three port butts on there, raining down, really rendering, and that. I mean, when, once it hits a flame, it's that, that's fat. It's not water, you know. It's 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 fat. it's primarily a fat and the oil, which is an oil, and it's going to burn. So you really don't have that problem. Um, if you think it is, you could always put a lower rack in, and with a, like a catch pan of some sort as a deflector and to catch some of that grease. But I've never had that issue. I like the meat juices dripping on it. Um, I don't. I don't think on a pit barrel that you're going to load it up enough with enough stuff to, to worry about that. Either. I mean, three butts on one would be tight anyway. You know? It's more an issue of the airflow. Yeah, it's, it's but it's more airflow, proper oxygen. airflow. Yeah, proper airflow. Get you a little jigging rod where if you need to, if your coals are starting to burn funny, you can kind of stoke them a little bit. That's a thing. You know, sometimes you got to stoke, especially if you're using briquettes or something like that. I, use, I like to use lump in my drums. Um, you know, just because you can get multiple burns out of it. But typically, you're not going to have that problem. Um, so here's a question. They're cooking for a child's birthday, cooking for around 30 to 35 people. Do you think 
two 10-pound pork butts will be enough to feed everyone for pulled pork sandwiches. That's going to be close. That's going to be real close. Um, kids, it's hard to say how much of them will eat a whole sandwich. Um, you know, if I was going to do that, I'd probably have some hot dogs on the side so I could feed the kids <laughs> yeah. some hot dogs and the parents some pork and you'd have plenty. But if you got to make every kid a barbecue sandwich, you're probably going to get a lot of it wasted for one. And then you might, you might be stretching it to go by. So I would think you should get about at minimum eight to 10 pounds of usable meat out of that. So that should feed, you know, that should make you close to, I would say 35 sandwiches, maybe, you know, if you portioned it. But if you have yeah. it to where everybody can get their own, you're going to have people doing open face. Some people just get meat. Some people, you know, putting it on chips and stuff. So I would probably. Throw in some hot dogs. Yeah, throw in some hot dogs. Or some chickens, some strippies. <laughs> we need to do a whole topic on how to figure out amounts for cooking. Yeah. Like, how do you figure out how, to, how I don't, much I mean, meat to cook? I, I don't have to try. This is what I've done. I like to, I always like to over prepare. Like, I mean, especially I'm not doing this. You're not doing that to make money you're, it doesn't sound like you're cooking the fee i would i would cook three and be done with it that way i know i got enough and, and then you can you send know. people home with something yeah there's some left over you can keep it for yourself to freeze it you know it does good stuff you can send some home with somebody the birthday boy or whatever or <laughs> <laughs> make barbecue nachos yeah the make day. nachos the next day there's all kinds of stuff you do and what's you know if you're cooking two might as well cook three barbecue quesadillas yeah. pulled pork and eggs there's all kinds of stuff you can do with it Barbecue pizza. <laughs> you doing the bubblegum? <laughs> That's all I have for you today, Mel. That's all the questions we got today. I mean, I got some more. You may ask you a few more. Yeah, we got. I got time for another one. Okay, so one well, more, and we'll round it out. So someone was asking about the chimichurri you use. What is the oh, chimichurri yeah. you use? It's a dry, the dry season chimichurri. Yeah. It's Alfregoni's. I don't. Is the brand chimichurri? I don't really really. Or is it Al's? Big Al's chimichurri? <laughs> yeah, really I don't know. Good. It just says chimichurri on the bottle. Um, I did see that picture. That, that is it. It's uh, they, he makes a spicy version. He makes a regular version, and you can make a chimichurri sauce with it. You, uh, it says on the label, you add oil and vinegar to it, and let it rehydrate a little bit, and it makes a really good chimichurri. But I use it as a seasoning on a lot of stuff too. Mm-hmm. It's really good on potatoes. Like you can make a little oven roasted or smoker roasted potatoes with a little olive oil, some chimichurri, and some TX. Um, or you can use it on chicken. You can use it on wings. I've used it, you know, all kinds of ways. It's really good stuff. I use it in the kitchen cooking. We sell it in the store and on. Do we sell it online too? Yeah, we do. It's just called chimichurri. Yeah. Alfergoni's chimichurri. I met him at Memphis and May. He sent us some to try. I was like, man, this is a great idea. And I like making fresh chimichurri too. That makes it easy. I tell you what I like to do with it for the vinegar element. I use my hot sauce, so it's just oil, and I put I rehydrate some of the chimichurri in my hot sauce. I think it says how many ever uh, tablespoons of chimichurri is how many tablespoons of vinegar you need. So if you use three tablespoons of the seasoning, you'd use three tablespoons of hot sauce and let that soak, and then you like double the oil, st- slowly stream it in, and it makes a perfect chim- chimichurri dipping sauce. It's really good, and for steaks or chicken or anything dipping in coming fresh off the grill. It is excellent. I don't like the chimichurri sauce you buy that's like already wet in a jar. It has a funny flavor to yeah. me. It's never as good. As fresh made. Yeah, it's fresh, fresh made. the best, but. This is a close second. It's close. Yeah, it's close. Especially after it sits a little while. Yeah. Everything softens up. 
Yeah, you don't mix it up and go to eating it. You yeah, gotta let you it. You gotta go. let it set. It takes about an hour for it to come together. Well, Tyler, besides our community giveaway, where can everybody else uh, yeah, find us? And well, obviously, we've been talking a lot about this community. So if you guys go to Facebook, uh, it's the Let's Get to Cooking community. It's on all of our social links as well. If you guys want to find all of Malcolm's favorite recipes, make sure you guys go to howtobbqred.com or h2qshop.com where we post all of our recipes, especially the TikTok ones. I know a lot of you guys comment, where can you guys find those? That's the best place. And make sure you guys download the app on the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. Shell, where else can they hook up with us? Oh, um. All the social channels. Yeah, you don't. You were looking up a recipe for the night, weren't you? <laughs> <coughs> If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's how to BBQ right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. That's it, folks. Appreciate y'all listening. We'll be back next week. We gone. Stay safe out there.